Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everyone. This is the Big Salada Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Ginez, and today I've got, got some games to talk about. Not as many as the past few weeks, but those past two episodes were a bit crazy and overstuffed with games that I just I couldn't take it. You couldn't take it. Nobody could take it. This is a bit more moderate, a bit more conservative, a bit lighter, a bit more manageable. I think it's a, it's a good balance, I'd say. And that balance consists of a helping of Dungeon Explorer, a side of The Veil, Shadow of the Crown, a heaping of Faraday Protocol, a light... <laughs> <laughs> Super Hiking League DX. I lost track of what I could call meals. And then pile a box by box. Which is the weirdest title of the bunch. Because it's pile up! Exclamation point. Box by box. And the developer isn't called box. I don't think they are. I think I looked them up and they weren't called box. But this is pile up box. Just do it already by box. Just do it already is not part of the title. Anywho, I'm going to get right to it. However, I've been streaming, as you all know, listeners, for a while now. And one of the things that becomes a problem is the way my TV and its brightness affects my face. So that... It'll change the colors. It just overpowers all the lighting in my room because the lighting in my room is bright enough to light me, but not to overpower me. But my TV screen does. And I thought to myself today, I don't know why I didn't think about this the whole time. Is my TV too bright? Do I have the backlight setting too high? Because forever... To quote the Sandlot, I have put all my TVs at the max setting, backlight-wise. So, I'm going to change that and see what it's like. (laughs) Because maybe that's not the way I should handle things. Maybe that's what you do if you are watching a TV in a room where there's a lot of daylight coming in and you need as much TV backlight power as you can get to try and overpower the force of the sun and its rays. But if you are not fighting against Mr. Sun, Mrs. Sun, MX Sun, and the rays, then, you know, you probably don't need it max out. Otherwise, why would you even have that setting, right? Never max out any setting. I don't think it's as bad but it's maybe on the uh, the equivalent of maxing out your sharpness setting, which for anyone who doesn't already know this, and if you don't, I just, I don't understand how you cannot know this. And I'm, I don't know why it even exists. I don't know what the use case is for it. The sharpness setting shouldn't even exist on TVs. Don't give people the ability to ruin their picture when sharpness should not be turned on in any way. It should be zero. And anyone who wants to turn that shit on, they should not be allowed to do it. 
Because I'm trying to think of what the use case is. It's not going to make subtitles sharper. It's just going to fuck up with the edges. It's, sharpening is bad. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. There's probably a use case for it, but I just can't think of any way, reason. I don't know. I don't know why you would ever want to do it. Anywho, nobody wants to hear about all this rambling. We just want to hear, and by we, I mean you, want to hear about these games. Starting with Dungeon Explorer, which is a roguelite, I guess, a side-scrolling action platformer with very simplistic art, pixel art, that feels very designed for mobile in pretty much every way, which isn't inherently a bad thing, and I think because of that, I'm pretty sure it's on Switch, I'm pretty sure it's on all the main platforms but because of that it doesn't feel as great on say xbox which is where i've played where i have played where i did play all of these games i'm about to talk about including dungeon explorer and the the way it's set up is that you have your little town or whatever and you have your main area where you can go off on these treks to these various areas and these areas are broken up into stages so you might go to the forest which is broken up into five stages and these caves which are broken up into four stages and so on and each of these areas the final stage is always a boss fight and prior to those are just regular levels where you have to get to a portal to get to the next area and in these stages for every run you start at level one. So you're not leveling up your character in a traditional sense. There are abilities outside that are permanent, that you pay gold that you earn from doing these treks to these various areas. And you get these permanent upgrades that add to your health or attack. They're pretty basic and they increase in price as you keep going further and further down the skill tree, whatever you want to call it. And there's also a crafting section in the town area where you can combine weapons of a similar sort to increase their strength. You can add resources to various weapons and equipment to increase their stats and so on. You have quests that are really just goals or whatnot, like Clearing the forest for the first time, killing this many enemies, and blah, 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 blah. Not quests where you go to a board and you're actually getting a very specific quest. They're just sort of achievements, uh, for lack of a better word. And you just go to these areas. You go through the motions. You level up during those runs, which will give you, with each leveling up, three abilities to choose from, three buffs, bonuses to choose from, whether it's increasing your attack speed or something related to your attack or something related to your health or getting health and whatnot back when you complete a section, when you complete a stage and stuff like that. And when you finish a run through an area, so you complete all four stages of the forest or the caves or whatever, then all those levels you earned are gone. Or if you die or whatever, that stuff all resets. And when you do another run, you start back at level one. And you just repeat the cycle over and over and over again. It is very much so a 
grind heavy game and that's kind of all it is about i don't see or have found any other reason to play it other than for that grind so if you enjoy that type of gameplay which again feels very suited towards mobile and if it's on switch it one looks the part and two feels much more suited to that platform that mobile platform where you may do a run through a handful of stages that takes you 10 minutes at that and then you just put it down so it's a very it's a very good pick up and play type of game but long sessions not so much which is why it doesn't feel as home on the PlayStation or Xbox consoles because it is so simplistic visually and the gameplay is so basic you just have your weapon whether it's a sword or like a staff bow thing and like not not a bow thing but like a and not a bow staff because that's just sort of like a staff but uh halberd right the thing with the little pointy thing at the end um and you have your weapons that you attack with your regular jump you can do the the wall not the wall jumping back and forth but just where you can rapidly jump up a wall uh and stuff like that you will also get uh with the abilities when you're leveling up potentially the chance for a double jump which i take every single time because i love double jumps the the gameplay is okay feels a little bit sluggish like you're kind of moving underwater but it's not entirely bad or anything the enemies are okay to fight with it is easy however it is also easy to get too set in your ways or to not give it the respect it deserves um what i'm saying is it is really easy but it's also easy for you to stop thinking about it too much where you are just kind of going through the motions and not paying enough attention and then you can easily end up taking damage here and there because you're not treating the game like there is a challenge when there's still some there you just if you're paying attention it's it's very easy to, to deal with the enemies and their patterns or attack patterns and stuff like that the only enemies who are annoying are the ones who shoot projectiles at you because some maybe all of the projectiles uh, the enemies who shoot projectiles at you they go through walls and floors and everything they don't have any kind of rhyme or reason to the way they work they just will go directly for you regardless of any kind of geometry that may or may not be in the way which is weird and annoying and i don't like that but it's a, it's a fine game it's i believe eight dollars regular price and at the time of this recording when you're listening to this it may still be on sale with a launch discount of 20 percent off so it's 639 on the various platforms but again that sale may not be in effect anymore that is dungeon explorer it's it's okay but you're definitely going to based off my description hopefully know if it's for you or not because it is very much so that type of game and i would i would definitely recommend it more so for handheld switch players than anyone else 
because it just feels most at home in that type of format. Then the veil, Shadow of the Crown, is a very interesting game that is not going to be for everyone. It is an entirely audio-based game, and I kind of wish I wore like uh, a mask or whatever when I played it so that I, w- I would have been blind uh, through the mask or whatever. I, I don't want to say that I would be blind because that's not at all what it's like to be blind in, in reality. But it's an entirely audio-based adventure where you play as this young princess. I think your name might be Alex. And you're going on this journey. I think it's a, about a five or six hour experience and visually if you do uh have uh eyesight if you are lucky enough to see which i believe most of my listeners are you won't see anything on screen outside of a bunch of what look like fireflies making up the space and that's it because everything is based on audio when you are fighting enemies you have to listen to where they're attacking from and then you attack with the right analog stick so when you're just moving through environments you move with the left analog stick traditionally it's like a first person game imagine that it's a first person game and you turn with the right analog stick when you get into fights then the right analog stick is your sword and you tap it in whatever direction you think you hear the enemy attacking from and you can parry them and whatnot. You can do combos if you press it fast enough. And it's a very neat game. But because it is purely audio-based and it doesn't have visuals to go with it, it's not going to be for everyone because people don't want to experience that. It's, it's a unique thing. And it's kind of like accessibility option, the game, specifically for the people who are blind and and whatnot. Um, But I dig it. I don't love it. I think it does what it's trying to do pretty well, though. The voice acting is strong, which is important, given that it's all audio-based. But the story itself wasn't as engaging as the performances and the gameplay itself. I wasn't as driven to keep progressing forward uh, as I would have liked. But it is an alright game that is designed pretty damn well. So the the actual design of it or the the, the way everything works and all that comes together really well. It's just the narrative isn't the best driving force for wanting me to keep playing. But that is, again, The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. And I think you probably, if it does sound interesting to you, you'd probably get more out of it if you played it while also inhibiting your own vision. Because when I was playing it and could still see my own room and the environment around me. I could still see the TV screen and the lights on it. It did take away from the experience quite a bit. So even 
the narrative issues I have, they may have been lessened had I done more to try and immerse myself in the experience. But me not doing that definitely was a factor. How much of a factor, I don't know because I can't, I can't guess in that sense. But uh, I think for what it's trying to do, it does it incredibly well. It does it very, very well. And this is a game that you 100% should play with a really good audio system or headphones, some really nice headphones. Do not, as someone who, I wouldn't say champions TV speakers, but is fine with TV speakers in many cases, do not play this with TV speakers. You can still hear things and direction-based audio via TV speakers, but it's going to be incredibly worse. I didn't know where I was going when I said incredibly. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this ad verb. I, I, I got to get away from this thing. Uh, the immersion is going to be nowhere near as good as if you were listening to it with any kind of actual good sound system. Even a soundbar, like anything. Anything other than TV speakers when playing The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. Then, the Faraday Protocol is a first-person puzzle game in the vein of stuff like Portal, Talus Principle, uh, Quantum Conundrum, any of those types of first-person puzzlers. And the, the thing you have in this is a little gun that you can use to suck up energy and spit it out at other objects. You can grab plugs and plug them up with other plugs or whatever. I found the pacing of this to move very quickly, the puzzles to be very simple, and the game to be pretty ugly. It's got a very dead feeling to it artistically. It's a very flat-looking game, and I think a lot of that comes down to the lighting. It's got very flat lighting that doesn't make the game look great. It looks like it's missing something, and when I was thinking about it, I really think it comes down to the lighting that just makes it look not that great. For a game that is brand new, I'd say Portal, the original Portal, when it originally came out, looks better. So I, I just, I found it to be this very sterile experience from a visual standpoint. And then the puzzles are all really basic. They have things where they just want you to turn switches that are in relation to the pattern you see on the opposite wall or hear some lights. Now plugging these things so that the lights correlate to the lights and, and the way they were positioned in this other room. And there's some first-person platforming, which doesn't feel very good. And it just... It doesn't ask much of you, brain-wise, from what I've played. Because I did not finish it, even though it felt like I could finish it in maybe an hour. I got four achievements in like 10 minutes out of 11 or something. And I just felt like everything was moving so fast. I, I started with a... I think there was a prologue? I think there was a prologue. And then I was already in chapter two in like five minutes. I'm like, what the hell's going on? This is, this is all moving very fast. And I don't, I don't 
find any of the puzzles to be particularly creative or interesting. There was no point in the game, I'll say, what I played, that I was like, ooh, this was this was cool. It was just kind of like, okay, whatever, I guess just keep playing this. I was just going through the motions with it. So it was a bit of a bummer. Uh, not really feeling it. It didn't have a visual hook. It didn't have a puzzle hook. The whole puzzle designs, using your gun to grab energy, spit it out. You sometimes can shoot it at these things that will push the energy towards something else. And I like it just, I don't know, didn't do anything for me. Then Super Hyping League, Super Hiking League Deluxe. Not hyping, I don't want to hype this game up either, is a platforming racing game where you are competing against another person, whether that be a real-life person or an AI. You see both of the screens at the same time, and you are trying to get to the top of the screen before the other player in order to reach the gem to complete the level. And you have, I think, just a basic attack and a jump and then your little grappling hook, which can grapple onto specific points and you can propel yourself upwards and you can use your momentum to propel yourself even higher with the same hook, which can feel pretty good. And when you are traversing up these towers, there will be points where you can meet with the other player and attack them to slow them down and stuff like that. And it's it's okay. The problem is playing against the AI got old real fast. If you don't have another person to play with, I don't think you're going to get a lot of mileage out of the game because playing against the AI just was almost immediately boring. I almost immediately lost interest in that gameplay aspect when I was just playing against the AI. I think they are okay, the AI, in terms of their ability and all that and challenge, but I just didn't have much interest in competing against this AI. And those are the only modes I think they have. I mean, they have the, the arcade mode, they have like some challenge modes and a versus mode, but it's just, it's all the same of competing. And uh, it is a. Uh, not something I was really feeling, though I was feeling the music. Holy crap. It's got some kick-ass, and this may not be entirely accurate, but it gave me vibes of 16-bit music because it has a an retro aesthetic and whatnot. But the music, when I first booted up, the like main menu music was just some fucking kick-ass music, and I was... Maybe that was part of the problem. That got me really hyped for the game. I was super excited to start playing it. I didn't even want to start playing it for a little bit. I just let the music keep going for a while because I was so into it. It was some good-ass music. And then I started playing. And I'm like, yeah, there's still good music. And then I played it, and I was like, uh, I'm kind of already tired of this. So, sadly, the game does not live up to its great soundtrack. What I heard, you know, I haven't heard all the songs in it, but the music I did hear, I really enjoyed so that was the highlight of Super Hyping. Hiking League Deluxe. Why do you keep calling Hyping League Deluxe? And then the last one is Pile Up Box Boy, which is a cute little platformer where you play as a box and you can play with up to four or three other people in a cooperative mode, I guess. But again, I don't have people to play with, so I'm playing by myself. And the way it works is that 
you're going through these environments and to reach new heights, reach new areas, to interact with various puzzles, you are able to grab and stack boxes that are scattered around the environment. So maybe there are a bunch of switches that you need to press in order to open a gate. And then you'll pick up boxes around the environment and drop one on each of the switches. Maybe there's a, a platform you can't reach by jumping because you can just jump one box height, like your height. You can just jump one of those. So then you will stack and make a pair of steps. So you'll stack one or you'll, you'll, you'll drop one box and then you'll stack two together and drop that next to that one box so that you create some steps so you can get to the platform you otherwise couldn't be able to reach. And you're just doing a lot of this. They will add new boxes that give you special abilities. They don't give you special abilities. They just have special abilities themselves. So there'll be a spring that'll propel you higher by itself. So you don't need to like create steps or anything like that. There's one that is like a lizard face that you press the button on top of the box and it'll shoot out its tongue, which you can use to press buttons at a distance, grab boxes from a distance, grab coins from a distance. And you're just going through these environments, collecting coins and rolls of tape that you can then use to purchase skins for your box in the store. And it's all very cute and simple. There's no fail state. You can't take damage. You don't die. If you fall off or whatever, you just start at a reset point. And it's very lighthearted and, and, and nice. It's a, it's a nice little game. What I really appreciate, though, is that the levels, you will realize this when you jump into the first proper level, the levels are pretty meaty and can take a while, will take a while to get through the entirety of them. And the game doesn't do a good job of letting you know that you can quit out and it'll save where you are. It'll save at the last checkpoint so that you can jump back in from where you left off and not have to restart the entire level. I took the gamble. I took the risk of backing out because I was playing through a level and I was already in it for, I don't think it was 30 minutes. I don't think it was that long. But it, it was definitely north of 15 minutes. It was between 15 and 30 minutes. It felt like 30 minutes, but it couldn't have been 30 minutes. But it was a while. And I still had a good chunk of the level to go through. And I was like, man, why are these so long? And why? I don't, I don't feel like if I backed out, I would be able to come back here. But I took that risk. And... I thought maybe just like what I collected and everything like that, uh, as far as that goes, would remain collected. And I would just have to start from the beginning and I wouldn't have to worry about collecting stuff so then I could kind of breeze through the stuff I already did. But no, it just jumped me back where I left off. So that is something important to note that I don't think that the game does a good job of letting you know about. And uh, it, it makes the length of the levels no longer a problem because if you're playing one and you want to take a break, you want to move on, you have to go do something else, you can back out and feel fine knowing that your progress has been saved. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasant little game. I'm sure if I had a kid or whatever, it'd be a fun game to play together because I don't even think you can really do a lot of like effing with each other. So it's just a nice cooperative thing working together. I guess I guess you can... F with each other by moving boxes around when you're trying to create a platform for this or that. And you might have to 
work together, jump on top of each other and stuff like that. Or you can do that maybe to get uh, extra bonus things. But it's a, it's a nice little game. I, I recommend checking up Pile Up Box by Box. Stupid title, though. I don't understand the, the title. It's weird. Or maybe maybe it's Pile Up Box by Box. So you're piling up box by box by box by box. It's still a weird title. I don't like it. I look at it and I'm like, what is this? What is this? Anywho, what this is, is the end of the show. So, again, not again. I don't think I've already said this because I haven't already said it. Anywho, that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out me streaming over at twitch.tv slash pxsausage. I'm currently streaming Yonder, the Cloud Catcher Chronicles, which is a pretty dull and boring game, but I'll talk about that more on its episode of Attack the Backlog when I get to it. And, uh, of course, if you'd like to check out the videos for Attack the Backlog and future content yet to be determined, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and, you know, like, subscribe, hit that bell, baby, do all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go back to the site pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general, you can... I got a, a little distracted because uh, art-wise, just to go back to that, I did my first proper entire stream dedicated to making art on Monday. So you can check out that archive if you'd like. And I will probably return to that on Friday to uh, work on finishing up that piece, which has been done entirely during the stream. It was pretty fun. It ends up being kind of a just chatting stream where I'm doing art at the same time. But I had a good time and it seemed like the viewers were having a good time too. But if you'd like to watch me make the art in a chit chat at the same time, you can check out that archive and maybe pop in a stream as well. But if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. Anyway, that is it. That is all. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.